All right. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Are you well? Merry Christmas. Can we say it all month long? Is that all right? Merry Christmas. Now, you're a special church because I believe you're the only church that has been greeted by a genuine Kringle in December to say Merry Christmas. So one more time, Merry Christmas, Calvary. How are you today? Awesome. Well, we're going to get into the scriptures today. Did you bring your Bibles with you? Do you have a notebook with you? If you're a guest with us today and you don't have a Bible or a notebook, we have Bibles and notebooks in the back tables here and on the sides. And we want to give you the opportunity to take those for free. Those are a gift from us to you. Thank you, Eric. Would you give Eric a hand? He doesn't like being the center of attention. So let's make him the center of attention. Look at him and give him a hand one more time. We're going to talk about Christmas at the movies throughout the whole month. And today we're starting with The Grinch. How many of you remember The Grinch movie growing up as a kid? Anybody? There's been so many variations of this movie. Uh, To me, the classic cartoon is still my favorite. Uh, But today I want to talk to you about the condition of the heart uh, and what's going on in your heart. As we're getting into this Christmas season and we're moving forward, God brought you here today for a reason. And through worship, we're talking about the name of Jesus as Maria was up here praying about freedom. You can really hear God doing something this morning, trying to make sure that our hearts are set free, that our hearts are at a place of, of expression and joyfulness, because it's the position of our heart that gives us the capacity to receive what God has for us throughout the entire month. And many of us have been through a lot this year. Many of us have been through a lot over the last 10 years. And you know what? God knows how to touch our hearts today and to give us a fresh new perspective and a fresh heart open to receive. So let's receive today. Open your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to start there. Proverbs chapter 4. I want to personally welcome our First Step families uh, to the house this morning. Everyone else got to greet you. I want to greet you as well. Hi, good morning. Specifically, thank you for trusting us with your children throughout the week. We know that they are your greatest treasure and we have a wonderful team here that's taking very good care of them. Could you celebrate the staff of First Steps real quick? We're grateful for you every one of those team members. So today, the condition of the heart, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, that's an Old Testament book, in case those of you are new to the Bible, you can go to the table of contents throughout the day today, and it'll help you find these scriptures. We like to preach directly out of the Bible, and so we'll give you some time to get there. Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 23. The Bible tells us to guard our heart above all else, for it determines the course of of our life. Is that me making noise up here? Do you hear that? Do you hear like a crunching in the speakers, anybody? (laughs) Nope. You just want me to do that again, don't you? All right. I think it's gone. All right. We're good. The Bible tells us Proverbs right here to guard our hearts because out of the condition of that heart flows all the courses of our lives. What's going on inside of your heart? The condition, is your heart in a healthy place? Is your heart in a fearful place? Is your heart in a bitter place? What's going on inside of your heart? Because that's going to set your life on course, like a, like a ship in the ocean. It sets the course. You know, I even think about a golf course. There's lots of golf courses in Orlando. Do we have any golfers in the room today? Raise your hand if you're a golfer. No golfers in the room today. Mini putters? Anybody mini put? Yeah, okay, there you go. You know, whatever course you're on, it's going to determine the obstacles you face, how you face those obstacles. It's going to determine what, you know, what the rules are of that, of that course. 
what's going on inside of your heart is going to set the course of your life. And so today, very clearly, I felt the Lord tell me, let's talk about the condition of our heart. You saw it in the movie today in The Grinch. The condition of his heart was the problem. It was too small. Now, how did it get there? Why was it, why was it so closed off? Why was it so angry? Why, why, did, why did the Grinch hate Christmas so much? It wasn't Christmas. It was the condition of his heart. You know, and sometimes we don't realize the Grinch was blaming everyone else for his attitude. The Grinch was blaming everyone else for his life being in the position that it was. But the reality was it was the condition of his heart that put him in a place of such isolation and such anger and fear and and hostility towards everything. And he hated everything there was, even in Christmas. You know, this next month as you're hearing Christmas carols and you're seeing Christmas decorations and there's time to have some hot chocolate and watch some Christmas movies, you know, for some people, they're going to enjoy it. Other people, they just want to get through it. But you know what? It still goes back to what's going on inside of our heart. What's happened on the inside? Where did that, where did that come from? If you're not in a healthy place, this isn't a moment of judgment. This isn't a moment of us saying, hey, fix yourself. This is us saying, let's let the Holy Spirit do an internal work this morning. Maybe you're watching at home today. And can we just ask ourselves that question? What is going on inside of my heart? Why am I angry all the time if you're angry all the time? Why do I not enjoy, you know, these celebrations and these times of memories? Maybe you lost someone a few years ago. Maybe there was great disappointment when you were a child. But here's the good news. Whatever the condition of our heart is, if it's not in a healthy place, God can do a work in our heart in a moment of time this morning. That's why he brought you to Calvary today. That's why you're tuned in online. It's not just to identify the heart. It's to heal the heart. Come on, somebody. Get excited about that. It's to touch that heart. It's to make it brand new. But we have to be honest. We have to at least do an evaluation about what's going on inside of our heart. You know, with the Grinch, he was, like we said, isolated, angry. A childlike heart is what the Bible challenges us to keep. A heart that's tender. A heart that's, that's excited and full of wonder, a heart that still has faith and expectation on the inside, a heart that when we open the Bible on a Sunday morning or you come to church, there's this enthusiasm that says, what are you going to say today, Lord? What are you going to do in my life today, God? Through this season where we're getting together with family, you have this expectation, God, how can we use this season to be a blessing to somebody else? You see what I'm saying, what a healthy heart sounds like? A healthy heart is a heart that can grow. A healthy heart is a heart that, you know, can be flexible and change but these stubborn, hard hearts can only be broken and hurt. And see, because a hardened heart, a rock isn't flexible. A hard heart, a rock isn't tender before God or, or even with other people, which is why we have to identify what is going on in our hearts. And you have to make a choice. I don't want to assume anything. Because we could sit here for a moment and say, hey, how's the condition of your heart? And you might look back and say, Actually, I'm pretty angry, and I'm pretty closed, and uh, I've had a lot of hurt. I've had a lot of things happen to me, and so I've got a bunch of walls up. I don't want to assume today that you're willing to make a change. It's one thing to identify it, but it's another thing to make a decision to say, do I want to live like this forever? Like, do I want to keep this condition? Does that make sense to you? Because the moment you decide, you see, you see once you identify it, See, I really don't like this. See, I don't think the Grinch knew he was becoming the Grinch. 
Does that make sense? I don't think when he was a little kid, he was like, I want to grow up and become a bitter, angry, cynical hater of Christmas. I am going to destroy Christmas one day. I don't think he thought that when he was five or six years old. But you see, that happens to us over the course of life. If we don't pay attention to the condition of our heart, we don't realize how many times we're shutting people out. We don't realize how many times we're even shutting God out because we're not paying attention to the condition of our heart. And so that's what today's about. Pause. Think about it. What's going on in your heart? How is your heart before God? Is it tender? Is it flexible? Is it, is it full of flesh? Is it growable? Is it stretchable? Is it excited? Is it full of hope and wonder? Do you still expect God to do more in your life tomorrow than he did in the past? What's the condition of your heart? Is the condition of your heart just kind of jaded? It just kind of closed and just kind of like, well, let's just get through this. And if you can identify that, you say, my heart is not in a healthy place. Man, I am angry. I am bitter. I'm not here to make you mad right now. I'm here to just identify it. But then let's ask the question, are you okay with that? Is that what you're going to then decide to say, I'm going to be this way for the rest of my life? I choose now. Because now it's a choice. It's not about what other people did. You see what I'm saying? The Grinch could blame the who's. But it wasn't the who's that made him this way. See, unforgiveness and bitterness, everyone has stuff that happens to us. Can I get an amen to that? How many of you have had stuff happen to you in your life? Raise your hand if you have had stuff happen to you in your life. But how we choose to deal with it, do we expose it and bring it before God? Do we choose to forgive? Do we continue to give our hearts to the Holy Spirit? Do we continue to ask God's word to challenge and change us? We can maintain a childlike heart. We can maintain a heart of flesh before God, no matter how old you are. Somebody say amen to that. And so now you have to make a decision. Are you okay with staying this way, kind of going down the Grinch path, the Grinch course? Or can we say, God, do a work in me today. I'm on, I want to be honest with myself today. God, I'm not in a good place in my heart. I'm not where I was years ago before you. I used to come to church and I'd lift my hands. I used to come to church and I would read the Bible with enthusiasm. I would tell other people about you. And those days are, are, are long gone. But I, I want to be there again. I want to be there again. The book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, it's a scary verse. To me, it's a scary verse. It says, for the hearts of these people are hardened. Jesus speaking. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears, they cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Wow. Like that's Jesus saying, look, when you resist God and you resist God and resist God, first of all, the, the devil's not the ones that close their hearts and their ears. Right? It says, they have closed their eyes. They have closed their ears. And their hearts are becoming hard. And then you get to this place where God is speaking and you hear nothing. Where God is trying to bring you hope and he's trying to bring you faith and he's trying to still give you a future. Come on now, he's not done. God knows how to give you a future. God knows how to, to bring promises to pass in your life. Oh, and by the way, you're not running out of time. For some people say, they say, well, I'm running out of time. I'm too old for a message like this. God can't give me a future. My friend, God has eternity waiting for us, which is far better. So you are not running out of time. Amen. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your heart. 
But we have to identify the current condition of our heart. We have to be careful because if you keep resisting God and you keep resisting God and you keep shutting your ears, pretty soon you aren't going to hear anything. And it's not because God isn't a speaking God. Our God is a speaking God. He is the Word. He is a communicating God. Our God loves to talk. That's why he made Italians. They are in his image. Amen. (laughs) Come on now. He's loud and he likes to talk. Good news today. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27. Good news today. This is a, a word from the Lord. This is my prayer today. Because even if you have this hardened heart, if you've kind of gone down this path of Grinch and you've blamed circumstances and you've blamed the past and you've blamed other people and you've just, you've just developed this shrunken heart or this hardened heart, there's this promise from God in Ezekiel 36. He says, and I will give you a new heart. What a Christmas present that is today. Amen? That you could sit there and say, I've been bitter for so long, I don't even know what it feels like to not be bitter. You know, there's people that we talk to sometimes, and every time you greet them, they tell you another problem that's going on in their life. It's as if they don't know what it feels like to have a day without a rain cloud or a day without a problem. Some people don't know what it feels like to not be bitter and not be angry. You've been bitter so long. You've just accepted it as just, as just life. Everybody's this way. My friend, everybody isn't that way. Amen. And God says, I know how to take out that heart of stone and I'll give you a new heart. He says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and I will give you a tender, responsive heart, a heart of flesh. I love it that God, he doesn't just look at you and say, go fix yourself, man. Like, man, you've got issues. Man, you are a piece of work. Go sort yourself out and come back. God doesn't talk to us like that. God says, let's identify the issue. Be honest. Truth will set you free. Come on, be honest. And then he says, I know how to do heart surgery while you're sitting there in the chair this morning. I know how to do heart surgery right there while you're sitting there at home today. My friend, this isn't just parables. These are promises of God. He lets us know what he's capable of and he's asking you to release your faith and then he can do it right there. It doesn't have to take, as long as it took to get your heart hard, it doesn't have to take that long to make it soft again. Your heart may have grown hard over the last 20 years. God can give you a soft heart in 20 seconds. Amen. That's the power of repentance. That's the power of confession before God and being honest. God knows how to do that just like that. Amen. And you let God do that today, and you watch how this month changes for you. You watch how the Christmas lights don't bother you. You watch how the Christmas movies don't bother you. You watch as these beautiful young kids are celebrating Christmas, how you get caught up in it because you you had kind of like no emotion and now you're like super tender. And you're just like, that's beautiful. Some of you are like, I don't want to be too soft. You could still be a man's man and have a tender heart. You could still be, you know, all that. And have a heart that's soft before God and a heart that's soft with other people, right? You can still care. Come on now. A tender heart doesn't mean weakness, my friend. Tender heart doesn't mean weakness, but it means you can be touched. Emotion can be touched by other people. 
Your spirit can be touched by God. He can begin to speak to you and he keeps you on like a short kind of leash. And God can begin to say, hey, don't do that. Go this way. And you're like, yes, Lord, because you're, you're, your heart is tender and soft and flexible, and the God's Holy Spirit can, can work with that heart. Amen? Amen? A heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. I wrote down just a couple of differences between a heart of flesh and a heart of stone. Number one, a flesh, flesh can feel, stone can't feel. Maybe this is a good evaluation of what's going on inside. And by the way, when I talk about your heart, I'm not talking about the organ of your heart. If you're confused, maybe this is new to you and talking kind of in these terms coming to church. You're like, is he talking about like heart disease? Is he talking about like hardening of arteries? What is he talking about? No, I'm talking about this emotional, spiritual heart that's in here, this soul side of us. Your, your, your mind, your will, your emotions. A heart of flesh, flesh can feel. When's the last time you felt anything from God? Or you felt anything when you saw someone coming to Jesus or you saw some act of compassion or you saw something, just, just anything that moved you. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Are we still being moved? Man, I gotta tell you, I'll confess it myself. Those Maxwell House, coffee, Maxwell House coffee commercials get me every time. There's this one in particular they do around the holidays where the mom is sleeping and her son's coming home from the army or military or something, and he comes through the front door while she's still asleep, and he starts putting on the pot of coffee, and she smells it, and she gets up, and she comes down. He turns around. She sees him. She runs through his arm. She's crying. He's crying. I'm crying. And I don't even like Maxwell coffee. But I'm like ready to go buy it all up because I felt something, man. They got me. You got me, Maxwell House. You got me. Sometimes, okay, we're having an honest moment, right? It's just us. It's just us, right? Honest moment. Maria loves these Hallmark movie Christmases, movies, which is basically the same movie over and over again in different towns. And in different seasons, different actors, although sometimes it's the same actors in different towns. Come on now. And there's some of those. We're watching them together and, you know, tearing up a little bit. She's, I'm tearing up. She's like, are you, are you tearing up? I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Not a Hallmark movie? What, are you kidding me? But yeah, let's just keep that between us. Yes. It got me. Home Alone. I've teared up at Home Alone. There is something wrong with this pastor here. When he, his mom and dad finally come home and he turns around and he see, they see each other, I'm a mess. Anyways, heart of flesh. Heart of flesh can feel. A heart of stone doesn't feel. A heart of flesh is moldable, changeable. The ability to grow. Now that's huge sometimes for us Christians. Come on, we need to be honest about ourselves as Christians. We're growing, 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 and then somehow we just stop. And we stop letting God challenge us, and we stop letting things stir us up, and we stop stretching ourselves and volunteering for new things, or, or we do it this way, and then God starts moving in a new way, and we don't go that way with God because we think he could, should continue to do it this way. And so we stop being moldable or changeable. The Bible talks about old wineskins. Flesh is alive. A heart of flesh is alive. Stone has no life in it. 
And so when we come in and we celebrate and you see us rejoice with singing, you see us, I, you know, I, I jump, man. And I, I didn't used to always do that. I, it's because I've allowed myself as a believer to go back and read the words of those songs and to let myself with a pure heart believe the reality of those words. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the something of sin and grave. What was it? The boast. See, you were, you were listening. You silenced the boast. And the heavens are roaring. And by that time, I'm like, yeah! Whoa! Don't stand in front of me. I'm going to punch somebody <laughs> if they're in front of me. But it's not fake. I know what fake is. I've lived fake before. We've all lived fake before. But I also know what freedom is. And I also know what it is to believe what you're saying again and to have, to be fully persuaded, the Bible says. Amen. And that's the reality of what we're talking about today. That's, that's when your heart, you get, the, you get the dust off, you get the rocks out, you get the, 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 the dead spots off. And God can do that again and, and help us to fall in love all over again with him and to become alive again, to become alive again, responsive again. See, because flesh is responsive. That's another word. Stone does not respond. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 5. The book of Luke, chapter 5. Luke, chapter 5, there's this really, again, and I'm using some of these sad verses about how your heart can become hard, and you shut your eyes, and you shut your ears. This is one more sad verse, and then we're going to have one more sad verse after that, and then we'll get happy. But these verses are important because the Bible is putting a mirror in front of us to show us our own hearts. In Luke chapter 5, here's the story that I want to bring to your attention. It's a sad reality of a hard heart to where these individuals missed their moment of visitation. That's what the danger is of letting your heart stay hard. When I asked you in the beginning, are you okay with that? Are you okay with your heart not being tender anymore or being bitter still and being full of or do you want to change that? Really, you, you really are missing out on life and a lot from God to choose to stay that way, to choose to stay hardened. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus that day. Underline that in your Bible. So the, some versions say in and God's power was present to heal them. Underline that in your Bibles if you have that. I want you to, the Bible doesn't always say that for some reason. Like Jesus did a lot of healing services, but for some reason in this in particular moment in Galilee, the Bible spe specifies there was a special anointing in the room. When the Bible points that out, that, that's something unique. That's something different, which means there was something tangible in the room that day. The power of the Lord was there to heal that day. Well, Jesus healed everywhere. Are you catching what I'm saying right now? Jesus healed everywhere, but the Bible doesn't stop and say what it just said right there. In this moment, in this house, the power of the Lord was present. I mean, tangible, maybe tasteable, maybe touchable, right? Verse 18, some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat came along and they tried to take him inside 
to see Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because the crowd was so great. So they went up to the roof and they took some tiles off the roof. Then they lowered the sick man down on a mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to them, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That blasphemy, only God can forgive sins. So Jesus knew what they were thinking and he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? See, in their hearts, was all this accusation. In their hearts was all this bitterness. In their hearts was all this anger and animosity towards Jesus in this moment. Rather than compassion. Come on, let's look at this. Think about this story. Huge crowd. The power of the Lord is tangible. The atmosphere is different. People are getting healed. People are getting delivered. Someone just ripped the roof off the house because they love their friends so much and they lowered, so they lowered him in front of Jesus. So you're seeing people healed. You're seeing the power of God present. You're seeing people in desperation and faith doing something extraordinary. And yet all you can feel in that moment is religion or is bitterness or is anger, hostility, and, and this, this high, high, what it, high and mighty attitude against Jesus. Why do you question this in your hearts? I think Jesus was wondering, why is your hearts full of that? Why aren't you getting into this? Why don't you go get yourself some of this? Jump in the river, man. And yet you're sitting there all bitter, looking for something wrong, rather than flowing with all that's right going on around you. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven than to stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. He said, stand up, pick up your mat, go home. Immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, packed up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, proclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. But what I want to point out to us is this. The human capacity to have closed eyes, closed ears, hard heart, that you can be in the middle of a move of God and experience none of it. Maybe... Today, God has an anointing for your business. God has an anointing for your marriage. God has a healing power for your body. God has the ability to turn your whole situation around in a moment just like that. But because of the condition of your heart, which then affects the condition of your ears, the ability to hear, and the condition of your eyes, the ability to see, you receive nothing. People walked out of Jesus' healing service that day with nothing. Those Pharisees walked out no better than when they came in. Yet the power of the Lord was present. That's what Maria was saying earlier. The power of the Lord was present that day. But the condition of your heart sets the course of your life. Out of your condition of your heart will set the course of your life. Amen. That's why today is so important. I do want to clarify something about a hard heart. It doesn't necessarily mean wicked or evil. That, is, that can be the case. Sometimes when, when you hear sermons about a hardened heart, we can try to stick that in a category of a wicked, vile, corrupt person. You're like, well, that's not me. I wouldn't put myself in that category. I mean, maybe I don't want to jump during worship. And I'm not saying everyone has to jump, by the way. I get it. Some of you can just do this. It's fine. We're cool with that. Or maybe you just, Whatever. Do your th- just do your thing. But 
Don't disqualify the conversation of a hardened heart based on the idea of wicked, vile, corrupt, what you think a hardened heart is. Because in the New Testament, Jesus even rebukes some of his disciples at times and says, your hearts are hardened. And he starts putting him in the category of just being slow to believe. Have you ever been there before? Slow to believe? See, the idea of a, of a heart of flesh is quick to believe. God said it, yes, God, I'm in. The altars are open, God, I'm there. God's moving in the service, I'm there. You hear what I'm saying? The word of God's going forward about something, about a promise, and you're like, yes, Lord, that's mine. That's mine, that's mine. Someone else is like, that's mine. You're like, I said it first, it's mine. The cool part is God's got enough for everybody, come on. But someone else is over here saying, when someone over here is saying, that's for me, someone over here is saying, oh, I've heard that before. We'll see. And you move from a soft heart, quick to believe, to a slow to believe. Cynic. Are you understanding this? But you're like, I don't have a hard heart because I'm not wicked, I'm not vile, I haven't killed anybody. That's always like the biggest thing. I said that a few weeks ago. You know, I haven't killed anybody. We always throw that out there like we should give you a congratulations for that. Like, that's expected that you shouldn't kill anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to applaud you for that. Like, well done. Anyway, this concept between a rebellious, wicked, vile, hardened heart, we got to get this in our head. We can begin to have a hardened heart by just being slow to believe, by not paying attention and noticing what's going on around us. See, Jesus challenged his disciples about their hardened heart when he had fed the 5,000 and they were angry with each other in the boat because they didn't bring food or something like that. And he was like, you are missing it. (laughs) Don't worry about food. I just provided for like 10,000 people. But you see, when you're not connecting the dots and you're not bringing those things together, we're slow to believe. We're We're not letting God help us with these areas. So A new soft, tender heart, real quick, another thought on that. A new soft, tender heart has nothing to do with newness, with newness. I want to say that. Let me give you an illustration. A new soft, tender heart before God has nothing to do with being newly saved. A brand new Christian. Yes, when you first give your life to Jesus, it's like everything is is new and it's exciting. But how many of you know that you can serve God for 50 years and have a tender heart? It would be the same thing with first getting married. Having a tender heart towards your spouse, having a, a heart of flesh, a heart that's alive towards your spouse has nothing to do with the fact that you've just been married and you're all excited and he's wonderful, she's amazing, he can do no wrong, she can do no wrong. And then day two shows up in the marriage, you know? I remember one guy, I was, we were youth pastoring in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We were, I was painting a sanctuary and uh, this older gentleman was painting with me. The two of us were painting late that night, and he comes up to me, and he goes, so how do you like being married? I think I had been married like a month. And I was like, oh, I love being married. Being married's awesome. And he looks at me, and goes, well, that'll change. <laughs> well, aren't you just a little ray of sunshine? <laughs> Thanks. I got so much to look forward to. After years and years of marriage, I get to be just like you. Listen, we've been married 20, 
22 years? 22 years. We've been married 22 years. And I can honestly say that we enjoy being married more now than we've ever been married before. I really do. I love being married to Maria. It's awesome. But it's taking work, right? To keep your heart tender, to keep your heart, when, you, when there's offense, you go repent, you go forgive. When you make a mistake, you say, I'm sorry. You go be honest and truthful. It takes work, but it's possible. What I'm trying to say is a tender heart doesn't have, does not automatically mean just because it's new. Your tender heart before God isn't there just because you're new to Christianity. It's, it's, it's tender because you've maintained it well, because you've kept it the way it needs to be kept. You've kept the wrong stuff out and you put the right stuff in. Is this making sense? Same thing with a marriage, same thing with any relationship. Even church, there's people, man, you're coming to Calvary for the first time, you're like, this is great. And then there's people, you come here for five years, 10 years, 30 years, and you know what, you can still have a this is great mentality after 10, 20, 30 years, but it's based on your decisions. It's based on your journey, amen. It's not because it's just because it's new. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.